You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now, here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show. I'm your host, Darius Good. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. There's some verses in the Bible that deals with the topic of divorce. And too often people will read what's there in the scripture and draw conclusions. But these conclusions are really, they're they're erroneous. It's really bad theology when it comes to much of what I've heard taught on the subject of divorce. So on today, we need to establish some truths that the concept of divorce needs to be built on. A lot of what is taught on divorce is a contradiction of biblical foundation. Let's deal with that on today's episode. In Matthew 5, we quote this verse, verse 31, where it says, whoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Another passage that's often quoted is Matthew 19, verse, let's begin at verse 17, where they ask Jesus, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? At verse eight, Jesus' response was, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another committeth adultery, and whoso marry her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. So often when it comes to the topic of divorce, these are two scriptures that people will run to, they'll read them and say, this is what the Bible says. But there is a foundational truth that has to be understood. So let's go back to the passage that we have there in Matthew chapter 5. This was a sermon that Jesus was preaching, and in the middle of the sermon is when he began to address um, this particular area that we're looking at on today. I think it's important that we understand that also in this sermon, Jesus made a statement before he mentioned these things in regards to divorce. So in Matthew 5, verse 17, Jesus says, think not that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. This is the YLT version. Do not suppose that I came to throw down the law or the prophets. I did not come to throw down, but to fulfill. The NLT version, same verse. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. For some reason, I'm not sure why people don't go back to the Levitical law to see what Moses wrote in regards to divorce. But we do know foundationally that Jesus made the statement here at verse 17, 
I did not come to destroy. Another word will be abolish. Another word will be change. I did not come to change the law of Moses. And it's critical that we understand this. So now, let's go back to understand what the Levitical law states in regards to divorce. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law or the prophets. Let's start with the law. Most people are familiar with the law of Moses. They think of the Ten Commandments, which are, thou shalt have no other God before me, thou shalt make no idols, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, keep the Sabbath day holy, honor thy mother and father, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet. We're, we're very familiar with the Ten Commandments, but there are 613 laws that God established. These laws can be found throughout the books of Exodus, um, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. These laws are part of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. They're referred to as the mitzvah or the commandments. That word mitzvah means commandments. There are a total of 613 laws that God established. If you go to the website, thedivorcechristian.com, I put two links there. They have the, the mitzvah, and they're two different. Uh, they both have the same. But the first is list them, you know, one through 613. The other link kind of breaks them into different categories. So I found two excellent resources. I've linked them to the website. You can go and look at this information. 613 laws that was established by God. Now, let's look at the law that deals with this topic of divorce. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. Verse 2. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. Verse three. And if the latter husband hate her and write her a bill of divorcement and giveth it in her hand and send her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. After that, she is defiled. For that is an abomination before the Lord, and thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. So this is the law regarding divorce. So understand this. This is the very first time in the scriptures we see the concept of divorce, which means from Adam until Moses, there was no divorcing. The natural process, what, what people experienced during that period of time, they would engage in marriage, but if there was something about the wife that they didn't like, they basically would just remove her from the home. They would kick her out of the house. So at this point, God tells Moses to establish this law, the law that required not just the putting away, the word putting away means to separate but it wasn't enough just to separate. Now the bill of divorce was required. When we enter into marriage, 
There is a legal document that has to be signed. I, as a pastor, all the weddings that I've done, if you do not sign that documentation, then you are not legally married. It doesn't matter if the service has been performed, if you made vows before God. Legally, with the state, you have to have a legal documentation. The Jews were required to have a wedding contract. So they also had legal documentation. And we'll get into a lot of this to understand their time era, the culture and things that they did. So they have a marriage contract. At this point, Moses is requiring a divorce contract so that their dissolution of marriage would now be, be legal. It'll be binding. But I want us to notice about Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. When a man hath taken a wife, married her, it comes to pass that she finds no favor in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness in her. Let him write her a bill of divorce, give it in her hand, and send her out of his house. When God established the laws, there were things that they were told not to do. Do not kill, do not bear false witness, do not lie, do not covet. There's a long list of things they could not do. There's a long list of things they were to do as well. What I need us to understand is that when it comes to the law of Moses, God did not instruct Moses to say, do not give them a bill of divorce. He did not say, do not get divorced. If he did, that would mean it's a sin. You cannot kill. The law said, do not kill. So if you kill, you commit a sin. But when it comes to the case of divorce, he doesn't say, don't do it. Instead, he says, now this is what we are instituting. I know a lot of people won't like this idea, but it's the truth. We all believe and, and agree that God instituted marriage. I attended a wedding over the weekend when the minister was doing the ceremony. He began by saying, we all know that God instituted marriage in the beginning with Adam and Eve. And he quotes the scriptures there about how two shall become one flesh. We're all familiar with these scriptures. But the question is, who instituted divorce? And what we don't find is other cultures, other nations that were practicing divorce. And now God is watching these humanistic practices and now saying, do not engage in that. Do not be a part of that. I don't want to see that becoming a part of this culture. No, the very first time we come to the concept of divorce is God giving the concept to Moses. What am I saying? I'm saying that God instituted divorce. So now our scripture in Matthew 19, when the Pharisees are having this conversation with Jesus, they say to him, why did Moses command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? And then Jesus, his response was because of the hardness of men's hearts, but from the beginning, it was not so. This concept was not God's original plan. It's not what God preferred or desired for man and woman. He wanted us to love each other, 
It talks about the hardness of the heart. What he wanted was to us to have a soft heart towards each other, a bendable heart, a loving heart. If that was the case, there would be no need for divorce. But as God saw from Adam up until Moses, he said, I have to put something in place because I don't like what I see. I don't like what I'm witnessing. I don't like the effect that it's having. And understand this, the divorce was put in place for the protection of the wife. So the man was mishandling the wife. He was not dealing with her in love. Even in the separation, he said the bill of divorce required money to be paid to the wife. The women were just being thrown out on the street with no means or way of survival, of taking care of themselves. Where this should have been the husband's responsibility, now she's fending for herself. Notice this as well, and we'll hit this point several times, that the commandment was given to the man. And this is because the man did not need a bill of divorce to remarry. It was the woman that required a bill of divorce in order to remarry. So that's why the bill of divorce had to be placed in her hand. And if you remember Deuteronomy chapter 24 at verse 2, it talks about if she leaves the house, she may go and be another man's wife. So Moses is painting the scenario um, of her remarrying because he's really hitting on the point that she cannot return to the former husband. That's key. But the scenario that he builds is that she enters into a second marriage. So the law of Moses allowed the woman to remarry. And in that case, if she ended up divorced a second time or the husband dies, she cannot go back to the former husband. But once again, the scenario allowed multiple divorces. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 19, because I think we often lose a part of this conversation Jesus was having with the Pharisees because we spend so much time looking at the hardness of men's hearts. Everybody know that part of the scripture. What I want us to notice is that Jesus makes the statement. I want us to notice that Mark chapter 10, verse four, same conversation, just a different gospel. But in Mark 10, verse four, they said to Jesus, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorce and put her away. Jesus responds, verse five. He answered and said unto them, for the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. Precept. Jesus said it's a precept. We get so stuck on the hardness of heart, we miss the rest of what Jesus said. Jesus said that the bill of divorcement, the writing of a divorce, the ability for a divorce to take place is a precept. Jesus said it's a precept. That's a direct quote from Jesus. What is a precept? It's a command or a principle intended especially as a general rule of action. So in Hebrews chapter 9 at verse, let's do 19, it says, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water, scarlet wool, hyssop, and sprinkled both the book and all the people. These were precepts that Moses gave to the Israelites. The precepts came from God. It wasn't something that Moses created. So we, we look at Adam as instituting marriage, but Moses, in essence, instituted divorce. It's one of the precepts 
that God gave to Moses. In Psalms 119, verse 4, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Psalms 119, verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Psalms 119, verse 27, make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. There's so many verses that deal with precepts. So I need us to understand, not just laws of God. So the Ten Commandments are commands from God. There's 10, but then there were 613 laws God put into place. And they include the precepts of God. They include the statutes of God. They include the ordinances of God. And the nation of Israel was required to know all of it. They had to know the law. It wasn't just the rabbis. It wasn't just the Pharisees or the Sadducees that knew the law of Moses. It was a requirement that the nation of Israel came together so that the laws would be read to them. They knew the law of Moses. It was a requirement for the kings. When a new king was put into leadership, into rulership over the nation, he had to sit down and write out the law of Moses. You know, once you write something out yourself, then you know it. It's not just simply reading it. But when you take that pen or whatever they used in those days and they wrote it themselves, then this is how it became a part of who they were. Their laws were written in their hearts. Let's pull this entire lesson together. Let's go right back to the beginning. Matthew chapter five, verse 17. Jesus said, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets, He said, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. The word fulfill means to bring to maturity, to a place of completion. So Jesus is not altering the law. He's not changing the law of Moses. That's verse 17. In verse 20, Jesus makes the statement that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is now talking about righteousness and he's singling out two specific groups. He uses the word exceed. So righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. That means there's these two groups are doing something right as it pertains to righteousness, but it doesn't meet the standard required by God to exceed means it has to go beyond what these two groups are doing It also means that what these two groups are doing um, is a part of the system of righteousness. So think of it like this, a three-piece pie. These three pieces are required. So we got the scribes, we got the Pharisees, and then we got that next piece that will bring it to a place of fulfillment or a place of maturity. Let's look at the, the, the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a group of religious leaders. Um, Their whole concept and thought was that you had to obey all the laws of Moses. They felt that the priests alone were not required to do the daily requirements, but everybody was supposed to be doing the daily requirements, the washings, the sacrifices, all those things required by the priests. The Pharisees believed everyone should be doing this. They also real heavy preached piety and good works. that's important. Piety, good works is a part of our righteousness if we're Christians. We're supposed to do good. 
The second group were the scribes. These were the men that were learned in the Mosaic law. So they really pushed the law of Moses. They were learned in sacred writings. They were interpreters of the scriptures. They were teachers. Many of them were connected to the Sanhedrin. Um, and so they were part of the legality or the legal system there established in the nation of Israel. Um, even when divorces were, were completed, they had to stand before the scribes and they would write out the, the divorce document, which is actually called a get, G-E-T or G-E-T-T. But that's the, the term or the name of the divorce documentation. So the scribes would write this out for the husband and wife when they dissolved their marriage. So what did the scribes do in terms of righteousness? They pushed the law of Moses. They, record, they pushed the commandments of God as God had established them through Moses at Mount Sinai. These are the 613 laws, okay? What did the, the Pharisees do? They pushed good works and piety. And Jesus said, guess what? Both are not enough. The scripture says that no man is made righteous through the law of Moses, not through good works. Otherwise, the death of Jesus would be in vain. There's no reason for Jesus to have come if we're going to just try to live a righteous life by, by living up to the standard of the law of Moses. So not committing adultery, not fornicating, not lying, not coveting. We can do all that, but that does not meet the standard of righteousness. Now, it will make us unrighteous if we don't keep the laws. But the requirement for us to be righteous in God's eyes is to obey God's commandments, but number one is faith. We're justified by faith. So it was required for Jesus to come. Only through faith in Jesus Christ are we made righteous. And so that's the part that Jesus brought to the place of fulfillment. We needed that third piece. The just shall live by faith. The righteous, those that are justified, shall live by faith. This is the standard requirement by God for righteousness. So let's go back to Matthew 5 and put these thoughts together. Don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I came not to destroy, but to bring righteousness really to a place of maturity and fulfillment. But now your righteousness has to go beyond that of the scribes. You've got to keep the law, but we have to have this piece of faith. That's important. It goes beyond the righteousness of the Pharisees. We got to do good works, but that's not enough. That's not going to get you saved. It's faith in Jesus Christ. But then he goes on to talk about how if you put your wife away, then they were required to write a billing of divorce. And then he said, whoever shall put away his wife, save for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. As we've already established, is going back to the law of Moses. Verse 31 is a quote. Whoever it hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. This is what we read in Deuteronomy chapter 24. Now, if Jesus was doing what we teach, he did. Now saying that the only way you can get divorced is if your spouse commits adultery. 
then Jesus just broke the law. He changed the law of Moses. Remember, the law of Moses is God's law. And the law did not state, do not get divorced. That would make it a sin. God clearly states, do not lie. Do not commit adultery. Do not commit false witnesses. Uh, Do not covet. There's a list of things that he says, do not do. But when it came to divorce, that's not what he said. So when you hear the teachings and people say divorce is a sin, that is completely erroneous. If God said to do it, then it's not a sin. It's a part of the laws of God, and it's a part of the precepts of God. And we saw that as Jesus clearly stated that, that Moses wrote this precept of divorcement. It's important that we understand that. And so what we're going to do over the, the course of the next several weeks as we're pulling um, things from the writing of this book, The Divorced Christian, we're going to begin to look at these verses, especially these, this here in Matthew chapter 5 and also Matthew chapter 19, that so, people, so many people love to run to, they love to quote it, but there is a misunderstanding. Number one, it's not a sin to get divorced. Number two, Jesus did not alter the laws. He never changed the laws of Moses. Number three, there are several major problems with this verse. So as we dig into Jewish culture, what we're going to understand is that Jesus was talking to Jews who knew the law. So he didn't have to explain certain things to them that we don't understand. We're going to get into that. The other thing that's key to know, one of the words is mistranslated. And so we're going to dig into this because that mistranslated word has created all the misunderstanding, all the wrong teachings, the erroneous teachings that we're left with. And this is what has left many divorced Christians in a place of condemnation. So we're going to address this. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast show. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.